Welcome to Amplify Ambition. I'm Kristen Edwards, strategy coach and your guide to implementing custom strategies based on your personality type. This is the podcast where you get to elevate your zones of genius and create your best life by growing a business that works for you instead of you working for it. Let's dive in because your next level of success is within reach once you decide to dream loudly. I am so excited for another episode with a really great friend. We've been connected for over a year. So like many people, I find them because of their podcasting and letting their words, you know, soaking in all the knowledge because I love podcasts. That's why I started one myself. And then I transitioned into actually becoming a student of hers as in a web copy, um, website copy program as well. And so I'm so excited because our journey has gone from coach client to actual friends. And I can't wait for us to actually meet in uh, meet in real life because it feels like I've known her more than just the year that we've been connected. But I would like to welcome to the show, the one and only Allison Evelyn. Kristen, when we meet in person, because which is going to be confusing because I always think we've met in person before. Like, I really feel like we've been in coffee shops ordering lattes together. But when we do, I will probably shake and cry with like overwhelming emotions and joy. And it's going to be so beautiful. And speaking of beautiful things, I'm so happy to be here. And everyone who I'm in your earbuds right now, uh, I'm so excited to talk to you today because I, don't know, I just have this really juicy, juicy feeling about the conversation we're about to have and like nuggets that I think are going to come out and hit people. Yes, there's always nuggets of wisdom when Allison is around. And so obviously I'll drop her links in the show notes, but go find her on Instagram and just go binge on her content, um, all of it. And then listen to her podcast and everything else she's ever done, uh, which we'll talk about uh, more about that as well. Well, but Allison is a Forbes featured copywriter, speaker, brand mentor, as well as a podcaster and a YouTube um, YouTuber. So all the things. But my favorite thing about her is that she helps women to speak boldly about their dreams and create the businesses that they actually want to have. And so before we dive into more about your journey and your experience, I started out as a life passion coach, all things multi-passionate. And I do believe that we get to do all the things that we want in our lives. So tell me something that's not really a part of your brand, but it's still something that you're very passionate about. So what's interesting is the first thing that comes to my mind is, so I grew up a competitive dancer. I am always shaking it. Any music that comes on, any song that comes on, part might be my family's from Ireland. My mom is from there. And uh, husband, always jigging, always jigging from a young age. But in I'm dancing all the time in, it's not part of my brand exactly, but it's this form of self-expression and self-expression is something I'm just generally really passionate about. And I can't help but laugh when we talk about multi-passionate. In the last week alone, I think about the songs I've had playing and I'm sure maybe you listening can relate to this where (laughs) you feel like different people based on what's coming out of your, your iPhone. Like in the last week I've had Lil Dicky and then worship music and then Cardi B, and then like Miley Cyrus, but also, you know, just a little bit of everything. And I love that, you know, we get to be someone who we can be this professional boss, woman, human being, but then also like shaking it in our pajamas in our bedroom to hip hop music. It's like the best, you know, or like swaying to Taylor Swift and sort of like 
feeling feeling feminine and girly like we get to be all these different parts which is so cool I know a big part of your message yes exactly all the things do whatever you want but I love the dancing and I think having that eclectic music taste for sure gets to kind of talk about the expression that we have because um worship music while I'm driving is not the exact same vibe as Cardi B when I'm driving or anything else that's happening in life so you know play what fits the tone, what fits the atmosphere for what you're going for as well. So thank you so much for sharing that with us um, as well. And so now I want to talk about what you actually do and how you got started in this anyways. Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting how the titles we give ourselves even shape how we perceive who we are identity because my title has changed so many times if you asked me a year ago I would have said I'm a copywriter with just full boldness and self-assured like this is who I am and now yes copywriting is so it's this huge part of what I do and teach what I, I really do now is I'm a copywriter mentor so I teach I teach copywriters people who want to be writers to do basically what I did, which was go from 20 cents a word to $3,500 a day, although now it's $5,000 a day. Um, but the root of really what I teach is writing and self-expression. So teaching people had to be unmuzzled because a lot of my life and my journey was feeling like part of me was all suppressed or hidden. Like if I wanted to be taken seriously in the business world, I couldn't post a video of me dancing or if I wanted to be seen as someone who was strategic and could talk about conversion and be worthy of being paid more, I couldn't say I was a Christian and talk about faith because how could that blend into a business role? I had all these parts that was suppressing for so long. And so I love showing people when you're writing and growing your business and pursuing anything, you get to tell your story and be all of you when you don't have to cut off all these elements of who you are. And so, with my journey, it's interesting. I, I was in production. I was in the world. I was running around getting Perrier bottles for clients, and then on set, you know, prop styling, tying tying bows on gift packages and tilting them to get them just right for the cameras to come in, and snapshots, uh, working with the clients, ad agencies, and that's where I learned about copywriting. I learned that there was people who wrote words that matched messages and video scripts and basically wrote words for a living in a way I had no idea was even possible. And Kristen, that is what's so beautiful. Anyone who's listening, if someone, if you feel stuck right now, or there's any part of you going, well, I have these skills, I have things I like, but how do I make money? Or how do I pursue that freelance opportunity? There's so much I'm guessing right now, you don't even know is possible. I still learn about jobs and careers of people I know all the time that I'm like, wow, there's so many limitless things. And just because we might feel stuck right now doesn't mean that we're not going to find a solution or hear about a career way to make money that we didn't even know existed. And that's what happened to me. I didn't even know that this existed. And so I pretty quickly got obsessed. I, at that time it was 2014 and there weren't, honestly, there weren't really podcasts about how to become a freelance copywriter at the time. It was a lot of what YouTube was available, what content was there, which definitely wasn't like even what it is now. And then just talking to as many people as I could, like people that would be willing, like I 
willing to give me any bit of advice, you know, messaging random people. And I would say to them, you have my dream job. Would you mind giving me any advice? I mean, I, I, most people didn't talk to me, but some did. And I think it's also amazing when we're willing to like look outwards for help and even see what's possible. We might be shocked by how much people actually like might support us. Even if we get a lot of no's. Um, and maybe you've been getting a lot of no's lately. Maybe you already have a business and you feel like you have a lot of people have already said no to you. It's totally not a bad thing. It means there's so much about to happen for you. And so I was very lucky uh, in getting someone who told me to go get my first client. And he said, go on Craigslist. I want you to go on Craigslist. And it's so funny. It's totally how I got my first client. I got my first, first running client off of Craigslist, not shady, an amazing person. And I worked very hard for especially in those eight months, I would come off of my production job and I'd go home and I would open up my laptop on this like big table that was full of scratches in a house where I shared a room to afford rent. I was living in San Diego. And I decided after eight months, I was like, you know, I'm going to leap and try and be a freelance writer. And the worst comes to worse. The worst possible thing that can happen is I go back and find a job and like go back to a company. And I think that sometimes, Christy, you might have experienced this too. I think we just remember what the worst case scenario really is because our brains are wired for survival, right? Our brains are wired to keep us safe. And if it thinks we're going off to do something that seems wild or seems, oh my gosh, you're putting yourself in danger. Even if it thinks, oh, get eat by, eat, maybe you're getting eaten by a tiger. It doesn't really know the difference between putting yourself out there and being visible for a tiger to eat you or putting yourself out there to be visible for a client to say no to you. And so I had to really remind myself the absolute worst was the little like savings that I would have to go back and find a job. And I'm very thankful because we're about, wow, this is pretty wild. We're like seven years later and it's been the journey of writing and trying a lot of things that did not work and a lot of things that were not good fits and a lot of, a lot of steps along the way. But I did build this business into, yeah, being paid $1,000 by day by clients they actually really love, who respect me in a way I just never thought was possible. Um, and so there's just, there's so much possible for us that it's, even if things feel scattered right now, I think it's oftentimes when I was most scattered and felt so stuck that epiphanies were actually not that far away. If anyone's feeling that right now, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's really important to kind of key into is recognizing that those scary moments, those big moments, those, you know, before, right, you talk about the calm before the storm, but sometimes there's a storm before the calm as well. There's a storm before your breakthrough. And so just being willing to endure, honestly, that's what entrepreneurship in general is, is it's an endurance. It's a marathon to make sure that we don't give up right before the thing that we wanted, that dream was really about to be handed to us. Um, you know, you can't quit too soon. And I think that's something that a lot of people get scared of. But I think to remember that worst case scenario is to go have a nine to five again. Um, and something that I've told many people is build it as a side hustle while you have your nine to five in terms of the financial stability, um, build your dreams, and then 
when you get to a point that you feel comfortable. And I'd probably say when you get to a point that the bank account is comfortable, it has nothing to do with your personal feelings. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know a point you know, where I'm like fully comfortable. Oh my gosh. When I handed in my resignation letter, Chris, I'm be so real. I was shaking. Like my entire body was, was, it was like a, a, a stressed, frantic buzz as if I had just taken like four Red Bulls to the face. Like when I tried to hand over the letter, I could barely even get the words out. So I love that you said that and called it out because exactly like there's feeling like I think it's time. And also there's going to be some fear and that's okay. Okay. Yeah, do it scared. But yeah, so when your bank account has decided, like, yes, you have enough money to cover your actual expenses, not your dreams, um, but your actual expenses are covered, now it's time for you to take that leap and move in the direction of where you're actually being led as well. So yes, it's never comfortable. And I don't care if you're leaving a $5 an hour job or a $5 million a year company, like, it's going to be scary either way to go out on your own and take that leap. But at the other side of it, it's always worth it because you have so much more fulfillment. You're allowed to actually express yourself and use the creativity that you have. In addition to all of your ex experience, your education, all the other things, you really get to craft your message. So thank you so much for sharing your journey. And I'm just pay attention because I will say they never teach us in college what it means to have an English degree. They're like, English degree, English teacher. And then you're like, wait, there's other options um, as well. Yes, it is so, um, <laughs> so true. It's probably a YouTube video I'll make about English degrees because it is this very funny, what? I didn't know what I was gonna do with it and how ironic that I didn't, I never heard the term copywriter when I studied English and my minor was literally in marketing. And I didn't even know this was a job. Um, and I think it's easy sometimes, if you felt this, where we can look back and almost shame ourselves for like, oh, why didn't I know that? Or I've, we can feel like we've wasted time. And I want to assure like anyone who's listening, if you've had moments where, oh, I feel like really emotional right now, um, where you feel like you've wasted time, like you have not wasted time. You have not wasted time if you feel like you've stayed in quote, this job too long or anything too long, or like, oh, but I've worked this long versus a little money and I'm worth more, it's okay. You know, we have then the power to change it. And sometimes I've had moments where I almost needed to reach a point of almost a certain level of exhaustion or even sort of pissed offness to finally make the leap. I think when things are almost this mediocre sort of okay, we can stay in it longer and, it's okay, we get to forgive ourselves and go, okay, you know what, maybe I was there for too long or I accepted that way too long or I let myself be walked on and people please, that was mine. I mean, I think I've realized over the last two years, especially when I've had these moments of it really hitting, hmm, like how long was I people pleasing? Like, I think there's so many times we're not almost leaping forward because we're still shaming ourselves for the past, especially in our career and in business too. Like, oh, well, I only make this much right now so in six months, how can I even ask for this much money? We get to like release that too. Especially if you're, and if we're pivoting. So if anyone, if you've had a business for five years, it applies as well. I mean, I'm on year seven. And every time I pivot, it's almost like a re-freaking birth. Like a new me is bursting out of like a business womb and finding myself in a new, new world, right? Breathing new oxygen of 
okay, well, that was the problems I had been. Now is it now? Like, you know, now I do courses and programs. And when I have a program that opens and 50 people join, it's like it's a new, it's a new situation. There's new types of questions. It's a new space on like, how do I hold space for that many people and have everyone feel seen and heard? Like we reach new places. So as we pivot, um, little bits of fear all is gonna keep on coming, which is also totally part part of this journey as well. Yeah embrace the fear. That's so true. And so now I want to speak to the people who've said, I am going to embrace the fear. I am going to suck it up and take the leap and move towards my next level of success. What are some rules, tips, guidelines that you would give them to say, this is how you're going to stay afloat after you take that leap? Mm. Oh, this is so beautiful. So I think my sort of success rule number one is Try and embrace the emotions before they happen. So what I mean by that, for example, is if I know I'm going to do my first, when I was going to do my first podcast episodes and go, okay, how, how can I sort of start to process how this is going to feel when I go live? How can I work through that? And we did this with my coach. We, we literally did visualizations and meditations and did a lot of prayer to God before of how can I prep for when that first mean comment comes? When the first time, let's say in your business, you get your first client and someone says no. And by preparing beforehand, it's not, it, helps, it helps me to address the fear or whatever the real emotion was before it happened. Because sometimes it's not what we think. Like, so, oh, I, I want people to like my podcast. I want people to benefit. So I want them to, so I don't, you know, oh, I, I want it to be, to be so good. And I'm letting people down, right? If there's a mean comments because I didn't do good enough. When really the fear beneath that I, I needed to tap into was like, I'm afraid for someone to not like me. I want everyone to like me. I want to feel loved. You know, that's like a deep, because that's what entrepreneurship. Um, and I don't know exactly who, when I first heard this, but someone said entrepreneurship is the ultimate personal development journey because it also forces it. Like at a certain point, you put that like the podcast episode, you reach out to get your first client, you up your rates, you were doing something for $500 and now you're going to charge a thousand. It forces us to look at emotions, even if we don't want to, because that's really usually the number one block. Uh, so embracing some of these emotions before they come to fruition. And the, I'll give the example of the podcast review because it's really what's top of mind right now is I'm feeling through, well, how would I feel? okay, what is it I'm actually afraid of? Okay, is it really probably about me? Is it something about them? Like I got to really go through it, work through and then feel so much less fear because when I actually posted the episodes, I went, you know what? It's okay if not everyone likes them. I got to feel peace instead of never post them out of fear. Because I think a lot of times I have definitely, I created, Kristen, oh my gosh, I found multiple articles in the last two weeks. I've written full articles and then I never submitted them like during my bit, like I just wrote them and whatever block was there, I never put it out. I think so many times we even create things and I hear my clients all the time. They'll like write the website, they'll write the Instagram post, they'll even do the freebie outline, but there's like this emotional block that's like, like there. And so when we work through it, it can actually let us release it and be okay with it in the world. And sure enough, when I got the first mean podcast review, this is the craziest, wildest part to me. I was fine. And now I know that I'm always fine. I've had other reviews that definitely 
hurt, but I think I, it's one, it was the first time I was so proactively worked through an emotion before the thing happened. So I would encourage if you are imagining a client saying no to you, like you're getting on your first sales call, kind of go through it now, not like visualizing, like they need to say yes, because I think that's, it can also be forcing expectations, but just like, well, what if they do say no? How do I feel? Oh, I feel kind of, I feel, I feel bummed. Do I feel kind of stupid? Like what, what are all those things and letting us feel it versus pretend it doesn't exist. I spent a lot of my life pretending it didn't exist, like feelings didn't exist. And I realized how much that was not helpful for any of my journey. So that was like the first main, that's the first main thing that comes to mind. I think it's really interesting that I know you're part of the heart-centered triad for the Enneagram. So for you to pretend that your feelings didn't exist when feelings are the core of who you are, um, you're like dismissing half of, you know, who, yes. who you are and how you, you function, but how many of us suppress one portion of our humanness, our human nature, because we is humanness a word? I think it's humanity. It's fine. <laughs> but Love it. we Love suppress it. a part of who we are because we want to get the job, please our parents, please our partner, whatever box we're trying to check um, and making sure that we maybe protect our emotions so we ignore our emotions or we wanna make sure that the other person is satisfied instead of ourselves. And so to prepare ourselves for whatever that experience is gonna be like, that conversation, that email, that DM, whatever it might be in life and in business, I think that's so important for us to like process it. Like, okay, this can go one of two ways, yes or no. How am I gonna feel both ways? Obviously happy if it's what I wanted um, and sad if it's not, but what happens at the end of the day, right? You said, if I take the leap as a freelancer, worst case scenario, I go back and get a nine to five. Um, if a client says no to me, worst case scenario, there's 7.5 billion other people I could go ask. Um, and so, you know, realizing what it actually looks like and taking a moment, and I think, for me, I'm an Enneagram type eight. I don't like taking moments. I like to fast track to the next step, but recognizing like, hey, pause, do the work because that professional professional and personal development never goes away, <laughs> but taking that moment to embrace it, to pause, to process um, and realizing that the failure, the rejection, the not so great moment is all a part of our success journey as well. So thank you for bringing, bringing that up. I think that's, that's a huge rule to live by for sure. Oh, oh, I mean, you are welcome, but okay. Kristen, can I, there are three specific things I want to riff off of what you just said. Can I oh. like leapfrog on you for a Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So one, y'all beautiful soul who I'm speaking to right now. I hope you hear something that really important that just happened. I expressed things that I've gone through, things that were hard for me, and then in seconds, how quickly was Kristen able to go, interesting, you're this Enneagram, but this was your struggle. So this makes sense. What, what kind of conflict you've been going through? She can, as a third party, pull it out of me that quickly. This is the power of coaching. This is why I work with not one, not two, I work with three different coaches like right now. I've worked with several coaches on my career. And I wanna say that because this is about support and this is why, I think so many years of my business, I thought to be a business owner meant having all my shit together, looking together, feeling professional and keeping so much within. And maybe sometimes talking to peers, but not someone I almost thought was, you know, further in their journey than myself. 
people to me like keeping it in because sometimes it's like that's all you need like like I can point to so many specific milestones in my journey and career and often it came from me finally opening up and then a coach saying one sentence like interesting what if you just so like um my shrimp mentor Laura Belgray I remember I was going through these questions and then this this vision for like a freebie and an offer and time and she just like looks me dead in the face I mean on zoom and says just pick a day time about all this stuff and the time you write for a living pick one day you get this whole thing done and she just like can't bring me back to how much our our because our brains actually want to complicate things especially in our society and our modern day culture we've been taught work hard work hard work hard and yes like I do work very hard and and my heart is in everything I do but at the same time we often take that and a lot of us especially if anyone's like me I didn't realize how much I've overcomplicated things for myself because I've been taught like being a hard worker is such a value for me and overachieving is something I've like lived by and strived for since a very young age I mean I would obsess with whether it was being the champion of school spelling bee being school president like achieving achieving and we take it as like this has to be hard and so it is sometimes these moments where a coach can come in and boom like you did oh uh, mic drop and you're like oh wow that actually makes a lot of sense I will always remember that Chris like I'm always gonna remember you just said that okay uh two based on what you said it's interesting you said your Enneagram is all about heart-centered and here you were suppressing that and that is what's so interesting too how many of us and I'm sure someone listening right now feels this way of I thought I had this misconstrued lie that I thought heart-centered meant oh, because I'm giving to everyone else, because I'm listening to everyone else and making sure them and their feelings, everything comes first. And I didn't know I could be heart-centered like for myself. I would be so, oh, my heart just convulsed right now at that. Oh, oh, like I really did. And it's not till the last year or two, I finally have started to even have more compassion for myself. And actually through that, it helps your clients more. It helps the business you want more. And I really thought I had to put other people first versus ever look at my, and that's why I didn't look at my own emotions because I thought that was me being a bad person, which is not true. Um, and it was affecting my business a lot, um, which is wild, what you just said. Um, and then point number three, you know, I had a third point. It's there like, dancing in my mind like a Care Bear and like the Care Bears in the clouds. I didn't watch that, but I'm imagining like the Care Bears going through. Um, point number three has just tapped out. So I'm sure I remember it later. So we'll, we'll keep trucking. It'll come I back. Circle back. We'll <laughs> so circle any- back because it's not worth it, but all that. But yeah, a lot of power in you just said. Any other rules that you think people need to live by? Rules for success. Ooh, ooh, oh my gosh, rock star. Here's Kat Kristen. You know what just came through? It was in my journal today. I had been praying and then I opened up my, my MacBook and I'm writing, I'm typing, I'm working on some YouTube scripts right now, which is very fun. Again, did not know I would ever get to have a business combining all these things that I love, which is wild. Of like, I used to work in production and I've written scripts for YouTube. And I love speaking and performing. And then I get to, they're all coming into one thing, which is so cool. 
and something I never thought possible. So I was doing that and then these lines started hitting and I grabbed my journal and I started writing. And this is like this rule for success that I'm finally integrating into my system. And like the cells of my body are finally believing. Actually, I'm gonna write these, I'm gonna pull this thing exactly up because I typed it. I typed it. I don't want to mess up my own, my own words. <laughs> don't mess up your own words. It comes out through my writing more than even my language. Okay, here's what I wrote. The word discipline can be dangerous. It can lead to restricting ourselves versus creating structures that liberate us. I hope one person today could hear this and feel an ounce more of relief and freedom for what really matters. So what came out of me was this, is I think I hear discipline and I almost had what felt like became a reverse problem of I'm almost too disciplined. Like if I'm given a rule, I will follow it, but I will follow it to the end of time. And as entrepreneurs, that also doesn't work. Like things are meant to pivot and change as we, as our business, we might launch an offer and then we need to change it the next time. But I had this little discipline where I was like, well, if I start this every day at 9 a.m., it's going to be this day at 9 a.m. And if I'm going to say I do day rates, like that's my business structure forever. And have this thing like, um, you know, I was 16. I don't know what exactly compelled me, but I decided just to see if I could do it, I would give up soda for a year. And I remember I was in church youth group and we did this toast and then I put down my cup and I didn't drink Pepsi or Coke or anything for a year. I didn't drink a ton of soda in general, but I more wanted to, I just almost loved testing my own willpower. It's like this weird love of discipline of like almost, oh, what can I prove I'm, I'm capable of? And so I think it's like, discipline is important. Structure is important. Systems, oh my gosh. I mean, I teach on systems in my programs, but I think for anyone else who needs to hear this, we get to have systems that liberate us instead of like restricting. So if anyone here feels like you put yourself in a box through rules you've given yourself, it's also okay to change your rules or make new rules based on like what's actually alleviating you for like a certain level of success. Um, and I guess a, an example of that would be in my own business. So I have structures on when I write and, I, and a lot of people talk about doing times, like, like this time to this time, create this block of time. And for some reason that just, it feels very restrictive to me. Um, what I found works great though, is I like themes. So like themed days. So Mondays are when I write emails to my list and every day before I will look at my inbox, I bring up my Google doc and I write emails to my email newsletter list. And again, if you don't have one yet, maybe it's emails to clients or your proposals or whatever it is, right? Whatever it is you need to work on and write, but writing I do on Mondays and I will not look at the inbox. The reason is because the second I look at the inbox, I have other people's voices in my head. The second I look at the inbox, someone else's words are starting to get into my brain versus what's really meant to come out. So the theme is a structure and I love the structure of it but it takes off like this restriction of like, I write my emails from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Because sometimes it, it just ends up flowing. So yeah, that's, that'd be rule number two, like give structure, but check in if it feels like it's a restriction. So as an Enneagram 8, I'm like shaking because I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and the logic is there. I feel it. Right? Everyone works. It. It's so funny about work too. Because for us, we're like, I need some structure. I can see it. It's like, ooh. 
I'm like, I see your point and I hear you. And honestly, like that makes, that makes sense. Right. And so you, you want to be able to say it, it happens and it's going to happen in this space. But if you do put too much pressure on yourself, right, if you hold something too tight, you'll end up with blisters. And if it's glass, it'll break. And so doing that with your words, with your creativity, with your business, it makes sense to give it a framework, but not to like grip it to the point that everyone and everything is being damaged in the process. So I love how you said that, um, but thank you for homework in the process because yeah, I mean, I like structure and systems and just like you, it's something that I believe everyone needs a framework um, to do, but also recognizing, and, and I have said this before, right? The Enneagram, knowing your type isn't about putting you in a box. It's about being able to have words to express mm -hmm. and understand that you are not limited by the things that define who you are. And so it is important to have, I like that, that, that looser, you know, framework, right? It's, it's the day, it's not the time. It's just knowing that like, Hey, this is what I have to get done. This is what's going to move the needle forward in my business. And I'm just going to make it happen, but it doesn't need to be at 9.02 AM or PM, whatever your time is that you work in your business. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. And it's interesting. And I know time is an example. I think it goes to so many things. But I, I think you put a perfect like hammer to the nail right there of exactly it's the problem. It's great when it's empowering our abilities, accelerating our work, helping us feel more bold in moving forward. And it's when we feel it's pressure though, because I think, yeah, exactly. When you realize if it's turning 902 and suddenly you're already beating yourself up, it's like the day hasn't even started. And if you're like, oh, it's 905 and I'm just starting and five minutes late. It's like, oh, that's where my, yeah, exactly, exactly as you put it. Then my heart goes down goes, let's, let's give ourselves a little bit of a looser framework as well, but still systemized. Yeah. Give ourselves and some love. It's the same thing in corporate as well. You know, we're, we're saying this in the entrepreneurial framework, but the companies that do not let make their employees clock in, like, you know, their fast food restaurants, you literally still like punch the clock um, in comparison to environments where it's like, well, you know, we start around eight, we end around five. Um, and if your lunch is an hour and five minutes or it's 25 minutes, that's your personal business, but it's about your production at the end of the day, right? You've contacted the clients, made your sales goals at the end of the month, whatever those things are, those are the companies that are known to have better systems. And so even if your corporation is not, you know, providing sleep pods and like all those crazy things that you keep hearing about them still giving you that flexibility of like, we understand that life is still life. And so if you have a 7.30 doctor's appointment and you don't get here till 8.37, get your work done. And that's gonna make you more productive. And that's gonna make the company more successful in the long-term than being so worried about punch in, punch out on the clock. And you know, that yet there's some deadlines that you just have to meet. Like that's just life in general, but other things that it's just, just get it done and let that be a part of it and giving yourself grace to not freak out on the way to getting it um, done as well. Because then you're able to kind of pour out what's really meant to be and not just complete it with this eh, that makes people and everyone else on both sides of it, right? Yourself as well as those receiving it are gonna feel a certain type of way if it's under too much pressure. Mm. Preach. <laughs> all right so a lot of preach to that yeah you know we kind of end up preaching on this podcast I don't know it just happens <laughs> I love it I love so it. 
I want you to really break down, like, what is your legacy? What is the one thing that everyone who's ever come in contact with you from now until kingdom come is going to remember you by? What is that message? If it's a rule, if it's a philosophy, whatever, what is that one thing that you want everyone to remember you by? Mm, I love this deep ethereal question. First off, so I was a philosophy minor. Sorry. <laughs> oh, for sure. I'm like, yeah, she is channeling the philosophy and I'm all about it. I'm so all about it. And that's what I love. We can talk about like analytics and data. Like I could talk about, ooh, like a subject line conversion rate right now and then jump right into this. Honestly, you know, it's interesting. I didn't know for a long time. I felt like I was a little bit scattered. There's all these things I was sort of good at doing or people would say, oh, this helped, this served me. And finding the through line has taken right about three decades on this planet for even, and I know there's still a lot more to come um, for sure, but I know that the main foundation of my legacy is to be unmuzzled. And I, I believe in this so much and I'll explain a little bit more what I mean by that, but I really believe in this so much. I actually had it tattooed on my arm. So uh, if I hold up the out, outer part of my forearm in cursive lettering, which I'm showing Kristen on video right now, it's in this calligraphy script. It says unmuzzled. Um, I got it the same day that I got, I got my first tattoo, but I got two because why, you know, go hard to go home. So I got this tattoo and I also got a cross behind my left ear to remember God is above my heart. And unmuzzled is really, it's really about us finally speaking up because something that I struggled with and something that I think would, would have started a lot of people who've known me for a long time is you can be a talkative, outgoing extrovert and still feel completely like suppressed with your voice. And because I could, you could put me in a room and I could walk up to new people and drag people on a dance floor and be out there and be fine. And at the same time, there were so much I was never saying out loud. And especially in different rooms, the parts of myself, I was constantly shutting down, shutting down, shutting down about who I was, what my goals were, and knowing that some people were gonna like it, some people were gonna resonate with me, some people weren't. And especially as we're business owners, whether you are brand new and going to get your first client or you're seven years deep and you're a founder and your business is growing and that's, you're deciding who to hire and who to bring on. I mean, as we get clear who we are, it can be really scary at times because then we actually feel called to say certain things. And it's not always quote the big things. You know, we talk about this. I think you and I have talked about this, Kristen. So with like Brene Brown and this idea of vulnerability. And I think sometimes there's perception. Vulnerable is like coming out and saying, it has to be like this huge, horrendous thing happened. I'm sort of sharing. And it can be that. And we're called to that. I've been in those places. And, it, and that's very real when we're called to it. But I think a lot of vulnerability that we're almost most scared of is like these things that kind of quote feel small. Like, throwing in the swear word or two years ago I never said the word Christian anywhere in my brand and that was the stuff that actually scared me the most for someone for me to like me to say the word God um or vegetarian like you know when I first became, I became vegetarian when I was 16 and there's so many rooms I sort of shut it down because I was I was proud to be one and I was so rooted in it but I was so scared anyone would think 
oh, is she judging me? Is she going to preach at me? Is she going to like yell at me because I have a hamburger with bacon on my plate right now? Um, as if me speaking up meant I was criticizing other people. I was so afraid for anyone to think that. And so my, my really goal is like, you get to show up and be you and speak about all these parts of yourself. And then if I could touch any, any person, like my favorite DM of emails, favorite one, like was one, for example, I got this email two days ago and she said, I just want to let you know, like, I'm, I'm going to join your program and excited because you, you're just real and raw and you actually, you're like a human and you speak about all these things and crazy just happened to you and little things and hardships and you're just sort of all of it. And I can tell there's no pretense. And I feel like I can actually finally, ooh, I get emotionally good, like want to be myself. And that is, I think the greatest hope and it's because it's my own journey. And so anyone listening, I just, I really hope you feel one ounce today, more permission or just to go on Instagram or send that client email and just write how you're going to write. And if the, oh my gosh, it's circling back. The Care Bears, the Care Bears are dancing back of what I was going to say earlier. Holy crap. This is perfect. Yes. I'm seeing like the, I'm seeing like the blue Care Bear with a rainbow on its belly. If that's even one of them. Uh, <laughs> There's definitely a rainbow somewhere in there. So it's right? fine. <laughs> it's some sort of rainbow that anything happening right now, like is actually, and I know I used to hear this and sort of not believe it fully, but it's really not a failure. Like all the times people said no, or workshops didn't work out. And a client said no to me. And I felt like just crap and unworthy. You know, a lot of these moments were when I actually most realized what I truly wanted. And I'm now, I literally thank God sometimes like that I did not get the clients I thought I wanted, that I did not get the opportunity that I wanted. There was times I almost went back to nine to five. I think, um, so they say, I heard this quote or statistic, whatever metra, metric word you want to use for it, that the hardest point, and I've never been married, so I don't even know if that's true, but that these points in a marriage where things almost get the most sticky, and maybe they I, um, are like three years in and seven years in. I once heard that, and they said it was because like three years are still like this honeymoon phase, or maybe that's when you, they first had kids or whatever. Again, I've never been married. I don't know, but I heard this and I thought that was really interesting because I found this with my clients and my, oh my gosh, my members, it is like clockwork. These sort of like, once people finally make the leap, it's like this three-year mark where people start to question and almost go back to nine to five. And it also happened to me. The amount of emails I've gotten and I'm like, curious, are you at the three-year mark? And they're like, yes. And it's like, we've literally made something happen we're like seeing it happen, but we kind of like plateaued and we're sort of stuck. And just like, what could possibly be next? And doesn't mean there's not breakthrough on the other side. And that's often when where I think a lot of us are realizing it's because part of us has been suppressed. Like we've made it three years by just oh, through, honestly through like hard work, through working our asses off. But at the three-year mark, it's like, we start to realize we're muzzled and to then break it off. So. A muzzling baby. That's yeah, that, that next step is definitely uh, scary. For anyone that really cares about the Care Bears, um, it's the <laughs> teal one that has half a rainbow and the pink one has a full ra rainbow. Um, the blue one has a moon. Um, but there's wow. eight different Care Bears in case anyone actually cares. But the important thing in what Allison was saying is to recognize when those moments show up um, and to 
do the inner work as well as the outer work, get the support, have that accountability, a coach, whatever you need on the other side to push you through to the other side of your transformation and to continue on your journey. Because it's so easy to say, I can turn back. Um, and you can turn back for most people, whatever their nine to five, their career, early career looked like, they could easily go back to have a nice, comfortable living. Um, but also recognizing that your inner growth, that your full potential, that your creativity, your fulfillment, as well as the work that you do and the paycheck that you have, um, it's all connected and you deserve to be your whole and complete self and to not silence yourself. And so I'm sure you've seen it on social media and in articles and other things that you want to give yourself permission. Um, and I know that that's a hard thing to do because I almost daily have to be like, yes, Kristen, it's okay for you to continue on this journey um, as well. But also look at Allison's experience of saying it is possible to do this at the three-year mark, at the seven-year mark, at the 27-year mark when we're, when we're both old enough to say that, you know, as well. <laughs> but your calling and your purpose in life is so much bigger than whatever uncomfortable mindset drama you're going through at the moment. And so go through the process of whatever you need to do to heal and transform, but also recognize that in the long run, it's always going to be worth it. And I love, I remember the first time I heard Allison even say the word unmuzzled. I was like, yeah, yeah, that, that, that makes sense because it's not that you're lacking basic confidence. You are willing to show up and you're willing to put in the work and the time and the energy you're committed, but at the same time, you keep holding yourself back. And it's because of that fear of judgment. It's because of that fear of rejection. There's, there's always something that's holding you back, or maybe it's even the fear of being successful and being as great as your grandma thought you were going to be in the first place. Um, and so whatever that process is for you, whatever journey you are on, just do all of it as you be fully, fully you. And yes, I'm acknowledging that it's going to freak all of us out. Um, and that's okay, but unmuzzle yourself, unmuzzle your story. Um, and it's probably going to come out in layers and pieces, and you're probably not going to share the storm you're currently in the same day you're in it. Um, it's going to take time before you open up, but always know that it's worth it at the end of the day. And so in case you're scared to give yourself permission, I'm giving you permission. And I know Allison, because she tells me to give myself permission, will also say to, you know, for you to give yourself the permission that you need to move forward in this journey to change your life and to affect the lives of others that you come in contact with over time. So thank you. Thank you so, so much, Allison, for sharing that. Any, any last words that you want to share? Mm. First, I mean, you're welcome. Thank you. Because my, I felt like, you know, the fist pumping emoji, this little fist bump. I felt like all these little fist bumping emojis were like in my chest at everything you just said, like pulsing, going, yes, yes, yes. Oh my gosh. So much yes to all of that. So I'm a ditto you. The only, only final two nuggets, they feel like important though. These are dropping in really hard that I think I need, I'd like to put out. So one, I was doing this workout uh, a few days ago. It's called The Class. I've never heard of it. It's sort of like, I had, a, I, had a, I had one of my clients tell me about it. It's sort of like 
yoga meets almost like they're almost giving you a not mantra like inspiration throughout but then you're also doing like hit workout it's a little bit of everything it's wild it's wild I've been doing this virtual classes and she said this line while we're mid burpee like we're doing burpees and the teacher said um along the lines of permission and she said are you waiting for someone every day to tell you you're allowed like today like did you wake up and are you basically waiting for someone to say you're allowed to do that today and that like slapped me in the face like an ocean wave i tell you kristen that wording really spoke to I know permission is something I've really, oh my gosh, I say, if I say to you, if I say to anyone, it's I work in it all the time for me, but this idea of like, yeah, am I literally waiting to have someone text me and go, Allison, I just want to like, let you know, you are allowed to post another YouTube video. You are allowed to do that post that is controversial and people are going to follow you for. And when I hear that, I sort of feel a little ticked off. I mean, I like, I'm scared. It's like, part of me is a little ashamed of, oh my gosh, yes, sometimes I do just want someone to say that to me. And then another part of me is going, why are you waiting? Like, you, if someone texted you that, like, who is it for them? So if that wording helps anyone, I, I, I hope it does. Cause that really like resonated. Like, are you waiting for someone to text you? Are you allowed, you're allowed to do this today. And then the final point and thing number two, um, to really bring this forward is I've been reading this book. My dad got it for me. It's called How Women Decide. Every page is jam-packed, juicy. I probably underline like every five sentences in this book. And fun fact, I never used to underline in books. It was totally part of this like disciplined straight A student, Allison, as if I was actually like, as if, if underlining was like, burning into the ground. <laughs> like say, throwing the book and like dismantling, disrespecting the very like librarian, like woman within me. And I'm like, wait, I own this book. Like what? Okay. It really, it felt like it was when I first put the pen, it felt like this massive experience. Um, <laughs> like structure, right? These are structures we put in ourselves. It's so wild. Um, like why not underline in this book? So this book, my dad sent me, how women decide. Utterly brilliant. She, I think she, she's like a, she's a neuroscientist, like researcher. And um, she uses this phrase and it comes from like all these research, like, you know, scientific studies that she really pulls this out of, not even with the spiritual side of things. And she gives this prompt and I would love that everyone to like hear this prompt. It's if you're trying to make a decision and you're feeling stuck and you don't know what's going to come next and you're not sure if you're like, oh, do I do that? Do I do that? Should I? She says to ask yourself this, or to say to yourself, pretend it's a year from now, pretend you're one year in the future, and to say, oh, I am so glad that I decided to do blank. It's, it's along those lines, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but it's along the lines of like, I am so thankful that even though I felt blank, I decided to blank. So for example, even though I was afraid to start freelancing, I'm so glad I, I'm glad I pitched that client at that hourly rate. I'm so glad I sent that cold pitch email and to notice how you feel because uh, she says the reason is, and based on a lot of like brain study, it's a lot easier for us to make decisions reflecting on the past than it is for us to predict the future. 
So our brain, if we keep going to this future mode of like, what if, what if, what if, it goes very negative and scary. But if we reflect, it becomes more safe feeling of, oh. And if part of you is like, oh, no, I felt so, that time my life was crazy. I had so much going on, like, good freaking Lord, like wait a few months. Then that tells you a lot about your answer. But if part of you is like, oh, wow, that does feel good. I'm glad I did it. Um, that's already helped me answer a few questions. So that's really like, if that prompt helps anyone, I just hope you feel that you have the permission, you're allowed, like all these things that there's a calling within you. It's probably a reason for it. And I just, I so hope you feel one ounce more belief in yourself today than you did an hour ago. Thank you so much, Allison. So everyone, please, please go find Allison on Instagram at Allison Evelyn underscore. I'll drop her link in the show notes. And then make sure that you watch her free masterclasses on how she went from 20 cents a word to 3,500 a day, which has already gone up from there uh, as well. But it's going to be an opportunity for you to recognize little shifts that you can make in your business. And so whether you are a copywriter, a creative, a coach, a consultant, um, a brand designer, honestly, it applies. I've watched this masterclass three times myself. And so I can't tell you that it applies in multiple settings. And quite frankly, even if you work a nine to five, if you're in corporate, this is still, there's still some tips and tricks on how you speak and how you phrase things that are going to get you the promotion that you're looking for. Maybe you're looking for your next company. Um, Allison talks about her own, you know, interviewing experience inside of that masterclass as well. So please go take some time to check out this free masterclass. Again, the link is in the show notes. Um, there's lots of programs and ways for you to work with Allison, but I'll, I'll share the free ones for you for, to start, um, as well as her YouTube channel um, and her podcast, because if you like podcasts, then keep it there too, um, as well. And so thank you so much, Allison, for helping us to, you know, be courageous, to really accept ourselves for who we are, to live a life that's unmuzzled and to speak boldly as we create and live out our dreams. So thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for having me. You are such a light in this world with everything you do and you bring forward and have taught me and I'm so honored to be here. And you were like, oh, you're like always a skyrocketing, skyrocketing. Y'all, stuff can happen so fast. It's wild. Stuff can happen so quickly. Like you look back and it's been three months and you're like, damn, that was me. Hell yeah. Fierce. So, so honored to be here and sending everyone so much love. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Amplify Ambition. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please take a moment to share it on Instagram or your favorite social media platform and tag me at Coach Keds. I would also love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help other ambitious women listen in and join our community to unlock lasting success. For my entrepreneurs, I want to remind you that there are limited spots each month for VIP strategy days. Inside this intensive, I'm going to show you how to implement a personalized strategy without the cookie cutter tactics so you can achieve your business goals. The reason this works for my clients is because of my unlock method. Many women don't realize that when they learn how to apply the psychology behind their Enneagram type, they're able to confidently take aligned and consistent action. It's time you gain clarity on that next step as you own what makes you unique in this industry. Learn more at keycoach.com slash VIP. Check out the links in the show notes on ways to stay connected with me between episodes. Until next time, dream loudly.